Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. On this episode, the doc talks one-on-one with new Power Generation member Marcus Anderson. Also, we discuss the latest news, including the CBS interview with Kirk Johnson, the cancellation of the NPG show in L.A., Lenny Kravitz's planned tribute to Prince, and the latest regarding the Paisley Park celebration. And now, he put his foot down on the two and jumped up on the one, and now he's in a walking boot. Dr. Funkenberry. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast, everyone. Thank you guys so much. Welcome today on the podcast. We have a special one-on-one interview with the new Power Generation horn player, Marcus Anderson. He's got a new album out in Tile <laughs> Limited Edition. Thank you guys so much for joining in. Thank you for subscribing on iTunes, on Stitcher, telling your mom about us. I don't understand why you need to tell her boyfriend, though. There's no side boys allowed. But uh, thank you guys so much. We're growing. It's a fun episode. Chris, what is going on, What's man? What's up, Doc? What's up? How's it going? Uh, my foot's hanging in there. Yeah? You're getting back in the shape of things? Oh, you tell me. How did it look? Uh, it looks a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Update. We'll do a Dr. Doctor Funk health update. It, it's still in the boot, but the swelling's down, and it looks normal. <laughs> That's almost going to get. Let's hope next Monday when I go to the doctors that she'll approve me. It's already going to be a tough month. I want to be able to get out and move around and do stuff. So That's right. next Monday will be the day where I learn stuff, and I'm hoping for good news. Well, good. Good for you, man. Thanks. Speaking of good news, we had another person that had a health scare as well that we didn't know about. Now, remember a few months ago, I told you don't make any plans for New Year's Eve? Right. Yep. Because I got word that the revolution was supposed to be playing um, at the Hollywood Palladium. Right. Then we wondered why that didn't happen. It just kind of went away, and we didn't hear anything. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it's because Bobby Z suffered another heart attack, but he caught it early this time. He knew the symptoms. He knew what he was feeling. When he suffered the heart attack, he was already in the hospital. Um, I put out the article about it. He tweeted at me yesterday, said everything is good. He just wanted everyone to know. Cool. And I did text with him earlier today telling him I'm dealing with my own health issue. So I'm worried about him. He was worried about me. Um, But everything is good glad that bobby z is okay they still have the celebration coming up next month bb kings in new york bunch of other places still uh playing the wilton in los angeles san diego house of blues it's got a bunch of stuff going on so uh we really worry about bobby man it is my we want to make sure that he's doing all right and we're glad to hear that because in all honesty without bobby i don't know how much of a revolution reunion tour you have you need him. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then um, we got other news. Let's just dive into it already, get it over well, with. This morning, it was kind of a, well, to me, it was a surprise. I don't know if you had any heads up, but I was, well, it was almost, I woke up this morning and people were like, just record CBS this morning now. Yeah. And there was an interview. I got a message on Facebook. I don't, every time I say who this is and they think it's someone else, so I'm not going to say them. But um, it's someone that runs a group. Uh, they haven't been doing it for too long, but they've been doing a really good job. But every time I put the name out there, they actually think it's someone from someone else. Um, so I got a text from them through Facebook Messenger saying that Kirk Johnson was on CBS this morning and talked about the celebration for about 10 seconds, and then there was a bunch of other stuff. And I just turned over, turned on my TV, 
went to CBS this morning, recorded it, turned it off, and went back to sleep. And of course, I woke up in the morning. Uh, there was a lot of text, a yeah. lot of Facebook messages, I a bet. lot of tweets. Um, was he there to promote the celebration? I think he was there to promote the celebration in his friend's life, and he didn't want to talk about Prince's passing. Um, that was tough to watch. And then you have Trump say fake news, and this is what it means. Because I guarantee you, and I, I haven't talked with anybody, but I guarantee you this is what it went down. All right, I'm willing to do the interview, but we can't talk about the last week of his life. We can't talk about other things. I just want to focus on his legacy and that we're doing this celebration of his life. Okay, we're not going to do it. And then the first question looked like it was in the middle of the interview. Yeah. Where he said that, I have a vault. I'm going to keep it in my head and keep it locked up. Okay. I understand that. There's other people that are going to hear that and think other things. I personally feel he's trying to protect Prince. There could be other things that are being trying to be protected as well. But that's how I took it. To me, that was in the middle of the interview. Then they show her walking around Paisley with Kirk, and that probably took place before the sit-down interview. Right. And then it was probably brought up by Kirk again. I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff, just letting you know. Then they sit down, and then she starts asking about it, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. and to me, Next. that was a laugh. <laughs> that was a laugh of not someone like, I know something that you don't. And I'm going to be very off the record, off the cuff. I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for Kirk Johnson. I'm not speaking for anyone. But if I was him and she asked me those questions after we went over, then I'm not going to answer those questions. Please don't ask it. I would have said, bitch, I told you not to ask that question. We're not going that route. Do not fucking do that to me again. But instead of saying that, he laughed. And people took it as took it wrongly. He took it. I took it as I can't believe her. I told her not to ask those questions, and she did it anyway. Next question. Then she asked again. Then she asked again. Next in different ways. Next. Next. Yeah, you could tell he was perturbed. Yeah, and Look, that's dude, that's probably why we all we all kind of want an answer what what things happened. We'll get it eventually. That's not the right time or right place. Let me tell you something. I would not want to be in his shoes those last few days is all I can say. So I'm not making excuses for anyone. I'm not taking sides. But it's a lot easier to not be around and make judgments than it is to be there. I personally, I would have asked someone else to do the interview. Um, I know that there's probably some other people in this village. You can't have the family right now because then one of them will say that Oh, he was telling me three years ago that he's done. Then that's not good. Yeah. Um, but if this was supposed to get more tours of Paisley, I don't think it helped out. I think that CBS sabotaged that. Um, it's very disheartening. And that's the only reason why I kind of want to be more involved with Paisley. Because they could have called me. I have my foot in, the, foot in the boot. I'd be like, let me see if I can get clearance from the doctor next week. I'll do the interview. I know Paisley. Not as good as you guys do. But the thing is... Then if they ask me about stuff, yeah, I did see him my last weekend. How did he look? He looked perturbed. He looked upset. He didn't like people worrying about him. He'd be very sad right now about how many people are sad for him. He'd want you to enjoy his music. 
He wants you to celebrate him. Yeah, I may not be as close to Kurt, but I was there the last weekend and I could see it. Then they can give me those questions and then there's nothing. Then we can talk about the celebration. We can talk other things. But she wasted, I think it was close to a five-minute interview, and there was 10 seconds about the celebration next month in Paisley. Yeah. And that there's still tickets available for track one. And that, that the Paisley Park tours are open Thursday through Sunday. And it's right about to be springtime in Minneapolis, so the weather's going to get a lot better. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't want Kirk in that position again. I'm not protecting anybody, but it's easier for all of us to judge without not being in it. Me, myself, I would not want to trade places with him in a million years. I just wish that there was more women around him during that time because a woman would have known what to do. As a man, I would not want to trade places with Kirk Johnson, Kirk Johnson at least, plain and simple. Let's get on to better news. Um, something good. that struck earlier today before the Kirk Johnson interview, Lenny Kravitz is going to be doing a tribute. Yes, there's another one. A tribute to Prince at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, April 29th on HBO. Uh, Lenny very said cool. he feels very honored to be doing this show. He wishes that it was under different circumstances. I think we all agree with that. Sure. Um, but this time last year, well, next, well, in a couple months, Madonna was doing nothing compares to you at the Billboard Awards. I would have rather had Lenny do something. And speaking of which, um, I haven't posted my site yet. Uh, her management team has asked me to do. I've been recovering from my foot and having website redesigns. But apparently Nika Costa released uh, a cover of Nothing Compares to You. And I saw yep. her. She was performing it before he passed away. They were wanting clearance from him. Um, it's just hard for me to listen to right now. But I enjoyed it when she did it before he passed. But now that sometimes it snows in April and nothing appears to you are kind of synonymous with his passing. It's very difficult for me to hear. Yeah. Um, but I'm very happy that Lenny is doing it. I'd love to see what he comes up with. I'm sure that we'll hear a few things and Lenny will try to do his all and give him his best. Well, you know, he's going to do a great job because he's, he's just an amazing guitarist and a great performer. Now, one question, I'm not sure if um, they do it live or if it's taped before. Do you know when the actual Hall of Fame taping is? I believe now it is somewhat live. I'm not certain on that. Don't hold me to it. Yeah. But I did see that April 29th is okay. when it That's when it airs. Okay. Because yeah. so maybe we'll get some footage before if it is edited. When I went, I went a few years ago and um, when it was here in L.A., mm -hmm. and they definitely did edit it down because they let them go as long as they want, but for TV, they do right. an edited version. So I imagine it's probably going to be sometime in April. Back when Prince was uh, inducted, he recorded on a Monday, and it aired on a Sunday, and they did not edit out any of his performance at all. Others were edited out. And then they, of course, had the legendary While My Guitar Gently Weeps performance with uh, Tom Petty and George Harrison's son and all the stuff that just made for an amazing experience. Here's hoping if Lenny can do half of that, it'll be in a pretty amazing performance. Now, unfortunate news here, and it has nothing to do with any interviews that took place earlier in the day, but later on in the day... Uh, the new power generation who was slated to perform at Redondo Beach, May 22nd, they canceled their show. 
and I made contact and I am assured it has nothing to do with any interviews or anything else just had to do with someone putting their hands in the band's business that should not have been doing it. I do hear that the show will be rescheduled. There will be another LA date. They cannot give me anything at this time. They're focusing on UK dates right now because they thought they had this date locked up till the person uh, stepped in and started doing things that they shouldn't have done. So we will get a new Power Generation show. It just will not be at Redondo Beach Performing Arts Center. Now, and kind of, uh, that was heartbreaking because I was really excited to see them, right. obviously. But, um, in better news, you said that they, I, I saw a post just a day or two ago that they mm-hmm. added dates at Hyde Park. Yeah, to perform uh, the same day as Phil Collins, like as an undercard and other things going on. Okay, so that cool. That should be really cool. Yeah, so they're they're adding dates. So it was just, this has nothing to do with the band. It's just, it was a logistical thing, right? It was just want to someone, squash any rumors. That's good. Someone doing business that had no rights yeah. doing business <laughs> for them. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Um, I just uh, I just looked it up, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony will actually be April seventh. So why are they at waiting the, so long at the Barclays it? centers? Uh, they're probably <laughs> takes that long to edit it. Who knows? Like I said, Prince performed on a Monday night and they had it ready by Sunday, yeah. but okay. Yeah. Maybe they're just giving themselves more time now. And maybe I got the date wrong on that stuff yeah. for Lenny. So I doubt it. And <laughs> I didn't really pay attention to it. It was a little after midnight. I've been kind of laid up so long. Like it's hard for me to sleep because when you're in a laying position all the time, it's hard to sleep when you're like that. It's frustrating. So are we ready for our Marcus Anderson interview? Hell yeah. Let's handle it. We're going to be right back with Marcus Anderson. But right now, here's the Dr. Funkenberry premiere of Purple Magic by Marcus Anderson. Thank you. 
All right, everyone. We are here. Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast with our special guest, Marcus Anderson. Marcus Anderson of the MPG, the MPG Horns. What is going on, man? Man, you know, just trying to work out time to get on here, man, and talk to you. <laughs> it's been been something. But, yeah, a lot of great things. Music, uh, live shows, um, new stuff, everything. You know, yes, just happy gonna, about life and excited, yeah. We're going to get all into that with your new CD or, yeah. as Francis say, your new album, Limited Edition. Yeah, yeah. So we're glad to hear that. That just came out, and you have a special contest going on right now with it, right? What's that about? Yeah, so what we had one, it was for everyone that pre-sold or pre-bought the album. Right. Uh, and we only did it for like three weeks, and it was basically anyone that bought the album prior to the release date was entered into a contest to where if they won the golden CD, which is similar to the Willy Wonka factor, and if you won the golden ticket or the golden CD, you get a lifetime supply of my albums. So whenever I release a new album or CD, you got it. You know, like it's basically to you. You don't have to pay for anything. You get it first before anyone else does. So Very before cool. it hits the market, you got it. Lifetime supply of my music. So that's uh, pretty much it in a, nut- in a nutshell. Yeah. And we kicked off the show before you came on. Uh, we played purple magic and that's only available on the cd the physical copy version of it correct yeah yeah so purple magic is only available on the cd not for streaming not on itunes not on amazon or anything like that and that's a song that i wrote that i dedicated to prince so i wanted to make it special because i know he was a very very strong advocate for music and for uh physical cds and people not just streaming music and all this stuff so i wanted to put it on the cd and not on iTunes and Amazon to make it uh, to make the album more special. And anybody that orders the album anyway, that orders it from the website, I'll go ahead and sign it and I send it to you. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's Purple Magic. That's awesome. Now, how did this whole thing with Prince begin? Like, how did you get contacted? How did that all come about, man? Believe it or not, uh, it was in the right place at the right time. I was filling in for someone else (laughs) and I got the opportunity to get asked to say, Hey man, I'm working with an artist and he wants, you know, a new young saxophone player at the time. I was like 27, 28 or whatever. Yeah. I said, sure. Like I didn't know last in my mind. I was thinking, unless it's Prince or somebody, I'm not trying to work with anybody else. Not knowing that it was actually Prince. So I was in the movie theaters watching like Lord of the Rings or something like that. And I saw a phone number come in. I ignored it like three times. It's like, who is this calling me? So anyway, I had a show that night in Reno, Nevada. It was a Wednesday. And uh, on my break of the show, I remember checking my voicemail and saying, "Like, what's this voicemail from? And it was a guy by the name of Andrew Gruchet. And say, hey, Marcus, this is Goucher. Uh, I sent Prince your video. He loves it. He loves what you're doing. He wants to fly you out to Minnesota to have you playing in his band. Mm-hmm. And I was like blown away because he wanted me, Trombone Shorty, and Maceo Parker to be in the horn section. He wanted me to play tenor saxophone, Maceo to play alto, and Trombone Shorty mm-hmm. to play trombone. 
And I was just blown away. I was like, this can't right. be true at all. Like, so I, um, I listened to the message like five times. And I said, <laughs> I can't, I can't be hearing Prince. Like, it's not saying Prince. Why would Prince be watching my videos? Out of all the people in the world, why would he be watching my videos? And man, I let one of my other friends, uh, a lady named Amy Maddenly, she heard it. She said, he said Prince Marcus. So I, I kind of, I remember sitting down and like putting my hands like on my legs, like so proper and so, so neat and even. And I said, wow, Prince wants me to play in his band. Okay. You know, all right. Yeah. I, I had like a, I was freaking out in my mind, but I uh-huh. try, I had to try to like understand and like comprehend what's going on and what's happening right now. Like, cause something like that, you're like, Prince, really? Right. Prince, like calling your phone. Like, uh, whoo. Yeah. I'm still like getting excited about it. Just thinking about that moment, reliving right. it. Yeah. Now, so that's how, that's how I got to call for Prince. Now, okay. And now when you get there, all right, because you you were you were kind of tripping out a little bit before when you got the phone call. How yeah. was it when you were there with Trombone and Shorty with Maceo and Prince <laughs> all in the same so, place, man? So what actually happened was we never um, worked it out to where it was me and Trombone and Shorty uh-huh. and uh, Maceo Parker. It was uh, ended up being something new. Like they ended up contacting me and say, "Hey, Prince wants to know if you know a few guys uh, to put in the horn section," and I was right. like, "Sure." So I called Adrian about it. Uh, I called my boy BK Jackson, mm-hmm. who I just met for brunch. I'm here in Atlanta. <laughs> wow. um, and then we all kind of just teamed up and figured out the horn section. Like me and Adrian was like, well, what what guys do you think should be in here? Because Adrian's always been like my right hand man, you know, and like vice versa. And we decided to put together the horn section for uh, for like six other guys. And um, it's like Lynn Grissett, Adrian, me, uh, Joy Rayfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else was in the horror section? Uh, Steve Reed, mm-hmm. uh, BK Jackson. All of us were all in the horror section. So that was like our piece of it. Right. And then we, we flew out to Minnesota, you know, one week and we played for Prince. And I remember this because <laughs> it was funny to me. Like Prince like appeared out of nowhere and like in a puff of purple smoke <laughs> like we were talking and then like you're like let's think we know he was walking up these steps he was like hey how are you guys and it was all that that goodness it was like yo it's prince right here yeah what do i say or do like this is the maker you know that do or die moment he's like oh what have you guys worked on and i'm like uh we worked on this we worked on that and that was it and then it was like, okay, all right, cool. So like me, I don't, I didn't know like Prince would like appear and disappear like that. So I turned to the guys and I look at them, and we're looking like, oh, okay, we're gonna work on this. And I turn back around, like Prince is gone, like that fast. <laughs> I'm like, jeez, why did he go that fast? Like he didn't want to hear what I had to say. Right. Um. But yeah, you know that was that. So we did a week of that, and then Prince asked a few questions. It's like, okay. You know, you guys played together before? We said yes, which technically we had, but we hadn't. <laughs> we had just put together the horn section like prior to coming there. The first time we all played together was when we got to Minnesota right. in the hotel room. Okay. And he asked, when did you guys actually play together? You know, it's like, what do you, when do you rehearse? 
And it's like, oh, we rehearsed on Skype. Because everybody <laughs> lived in a different, you know, place. Which we were lying. We were lying right <laughs> through our teeth. And I think he knew because he put the mic, he was talking, and he put the mic down, he kind of turned and laughed and, and said something. He said, okay. And then he said, all right. So we went through like a whole week of working with him. He wanted to see what our vibe was. I guess he liked it. And, you know, I got four years out of it, you know, like really did. And I don't say it like I got four years out of it, but I got four years of good teaching, good schooling. You know, most people go to college for four years. I feel like I got a great education. Uh, four years out of him. Great education you know? in princeology and musicology. Oh my gosh! Like everything I do now, like in my shows, right. is based off of what I learned from him firsthand. Mm-hmm. Firsthand. Amazing. Yeah. Now, you guys, what was your first like? live gig after like uh the rehearsals is that welcome to chicago or was it something else uh welcome to chicago is what i account up to our first actual Mm -hmm. performance right uh we were in rehearsals it was probably the third week he said hey we got some shows coming up Mm -hmm. uh we just sold out one night in chicago they're thinking about adding two more nights on and uh you guys are open, right? It's free for that. Right. And we all said, yeah. So we did Welcome to Chicago. 11-piece horn section. Craziness. You know, it's craziness. And it was like, it was our first time playing with them. Right. And it's like, we'd already been rehearsing three weeks. And it felt like we didn't even know, like, anything. Because he has so much music. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, my gosh. We've been rehearsing three weeks. And it still feels like we don't know all his music. And I just felt so unprepared. Right. But I felt like, yo, I'm, this is the first moment I'm going to get to work with Prince. And we did. We did the show. And that was the first time we played. And the first time he actually asked me to play the solo on Purple Rain. Right. And, yeah. So. And we're going to get into that. I remember from rehearsals before the Welcome to Chicago gigs, he sent me a rehearsal of you guys performing the classic old friends for sale do you remember mm-hmm. that yeah i do oh i remember that arrangement oh so well oh <laughs> uh, it was just amazing oh it was because it was like a big band piece right i think i played flute on that hmm. uh but anyway we had enough parts to where everything was covered Right. And oh, all friends for sale. Get up while you're hot. And it was like, it was just like amazing. Oh my gosh. I just, I couldn't believe that right. we were playing this song, this arrangement with him and for him. And it was just like, it had all the elements saxes, trumpets, trombones, flutes. And it was just amazing. I'm like, man, this is like real music. You know, and it's just like as a musician, you're like, you know, I'm really getting played. I'm playing great music with great musicians, you know, making great money. You know, every musician (laughs) thinks about it. But it's like we didn't even worry about the money at the time because it was just a great moment in history. Like, yo, I get to say I got to work with Prince and it's really good. 
everything is just amazing. The music's good. The people are good. It was just a great time. Everything lined up. Couldn't find anything bad about it. The only thing bad I could say is just I didn't know when I was going home. You know, <laughs> right? You know, I'm I'm a dad, so it's like I couldn't tell my daughters, "Hey, I'm coming home to see you tomorrow." We just didn't know we were going home. We'd be out there rehearsing and be three or four weeks. And then we get an email like the day before, like, oh, you're going home tomorrow. It's like, oh, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> That's the only bad thing I can say. Right. That's the only thing, which isn't bad. <laughs> it's not bad at all. And then, you know, I believe now you also started, you guys were the horn section or the band for Andy Allo, right? Like for a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I loved playing for Andy. Yeah. Right. It was great. But to me, I was like, nah, I'm not playing for Andy. You know, I love Andy. But my goal was Prince. I mean, I can't yeah. even lie. Like, I love playing people pleaser. I love all this stuff. But my person to please was Prince. <laughs> you know, right. I wanted to play and tour with him. You know, and I love Andy. I do. I love wow. all the artists he plays with. But like to me, like, like my my goal was to be with him, to be in his band. And to learn under him, right. because he's been in the industry. He, he had been in the industry for like forty plus years, but, so he knew so much. And I feel like I can learn so much from him. Right. I can't, you know, I can learn you know, a little bit of stuff from, you know, an up and coming artist like Andy at the time. But it's like I feel like I needed like something, some an education from somebody like Prince that had been in it for years. And because uh, I'm an artist myself, so like everything I while I was there, I was soaking up every single thing that I could. You know, okay. and now, not just like any other artist that we ever worked with. But my end goal and always was just to be with Prince. I understand. But at least you had the Jimmy Kimmel moment where you guys did People Pleaser with Andy and you had Maceo and Trombone Shorty then, right? Uh, oh, yeah. So those were the gems, like See? to be able to play and, and like be able to have, you know, uh, Maceo, Trombone Shorty, yeah. all that was just amazing. Oh man, like Maceo Parker. Oh my gosh. Ah, oh, Maceo, Maceo yes. Parker. See, you know, yeah, uh, Trombone Shorty. Yeah, you know, we still have a relationship to this day. See, you know, to where I can go up, and he's always asking, "You got your horn right? Come jam with us." You know, so um, it's just so amazing. And you oh, guys. Wow. You guys did two songs on Camel with Andy. You did If I Was King as well, but that never aired. And I was trying to get the yeah. footage from Kimmel, and I was trying to go through her PR people, but they wouldn't give it up. I'm like, well, if they're not going to air it, like I'm trying to find a way for it to get out there because that was a good performance as well. You know? Yeah, they definitely should air it because like Andy, her album was really, really good. Mm -hmm. Really good album. You know, um, she created some really incredible music. Andy Allo, she's just a really, really, really good songwriter, too. Right. I don't know if people know it, but like Andy can really write a song. Prince, and, Prince would say that all the time about Andy. You know, yeah, like she, Andy could like just write her tail off like right. she really could. You know, so those were like that was another small little gem that I got. You know, while working with him, like my end goal was always Prince. But along mm -hmm. the way, it's like, oh, wow, I got to work with Andy. You know, oh, wow, I got to work with Liv. Right. Or I got to work with Judith Hill. 
So it's like my end goal was Prince, but I got so much more, you know, although my 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 target, my goal was Prince. There were so many things along the way that I got blessed with, you know, Andy, Lev, now Shelby, Judith, you know, it's amazing. And we, that's what we got to see you more on TV because Liv had a bunch more TV appearances than Andy. Uh, the the Kimmel appearance with Liv, but also uh, with Fallon and Letterman. And Letterman where he's like, cancel show business because of how great you guys were. I mean, those were phenomenal yeah. performances you guys did. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, Liv uh-huh. and Judith. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Them girls can sing. Mm. I'm just gonna say that. Liv, like I would just, I would lose track of the show listening to Liv sing. Like they would have to tell me to snap out of it. Cause I'm like, yo, Liv is killing right now. Like I know you want me to play my horn, right? But she's killing. How do you expect for me to like focus on the show when she's killing like this? Right. And even the same thing. Well, like you know, Prince sent me out with Judith. Like I was. I was like, yo, Andy is amazing. Not Andy, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Judith. Mm-hmm. You know, Judith was like her voice. She had so much soul. You know, she was like black and Asian, so we called her Blasian. You know, and she had like that whole. <laughs> you can get away you know, with that. that whole thing. <laughs> she was killing, man. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like, oh, killing is a term we use in a good way yeah. in the musician world. By the way, if anybody doesn't know, um, right. but oh my gosh, Judith. Like even still to this day, she did a show with uh, Judith Liv and Shelby in DC, and just oh my gosh, when Judith sing, she's pushing a whole lot of emotion behind her notes. Right. You know. Oh uh, yeah. Now let me ask you this because it was an online phenomenon when it happened, and people were swearing it was him. There was someone. It looked like in a hood or a hoodie during the Jimmy Fallon performance with Liv and people were swearing Prince was there acting as a cameraman. Can you confirm or deny this so we can like put this internet rumor to rest? <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny, but I did hear that and someone that is a very reliable source said it was him. You know, so... Wow. But I don't know. Wow. I, don't know. I didn't see. I didn't know, but... Someone said it was him. A very reliable source said it was him. Wow. And I believe it was because he would just do stuff like that. Well, you know? Thank God and I still I have it. You I laughed? Because <laughs> he would play jokes like that, right? Yeah, he would do that. Like, you wouldn't know it was him. You know, you'd push him, <laughs> push him into a building and uh, a, a rack of clothes. You know, he would sneak inside, like, in between the clothes and he'd be scooting. You know, inside the rack of clothes. So, like, I, I still have that on my DVR. So after we're done talking, and I'm done editing, we're we're I'm gonna be watching that, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. with that information now. Um, now you had so many great experiences with Prince. I know that he called you up when when Third Eye Girl was doing their hit and run uh, part two tour overseas he called you up over there and you did purple rain over there as well right yeah um uh, there were a lot of moments outside of that one that prince was always mm-hmm. uh calling me up to do stuff you know and i don't i don't want to say i don't know why but it was like it was he understood like me trying 
trying to be a solo artist. Right. And one of the conversations I had with Prince, I said, man, thank you so much for having me here, you know, and I want to be here. But it's like my first priority is being an independent solo artist. Like, right. I, I'm going to learn as much as I can from here. But my priority is being a solo artist. And then secondary is, you know, playing with you. And mm-hmm. like he was kind of like looked at me and was like, wow, like he wouldn't expect me to say that. But like, it's true. Like, um. Like I idolize him for what he does. So I want to be that. And the only way to be that is just to embrace my own solo career. But it's like, while I'm here, like I'm going to put my thing on a hiatus. But at the same time, like I'm learning from you to pour into my own career. And while I was with him, I was able to, you know, chart, you know, as high as 10 or 11 on billboard and all the stuff. And so much that he paid attention to my, my career that he flew me out to Minnesota and he said, Hey man, I want to do a jazz record with you. You know, I admire what you're doing in your solo career. I think it's amazing that you're an independent artist doing all these great things. Like, let's do some work together. Right. And, you know, and it was it was just amazing because I didn't like everything that I did with him and I learned from him. It wasn't like a uh, oh, Prince. This is here. This is just a, a stepping stone for something else. Like, no, he understood that I respected everything that right. he did for me and everyone else in the horn section. Um, so. You know, me being a solo artist and me telling him that, you know, it didn't really like put him off and like, oh, well, he's here as an opportunist or anything. Like, no, it was just like he was like, well, let me help you in that in that uh, in that right for you to step and be something else and something more in your own solo career. Right. You know, now you three, mm-hmm. BK Jackson, Adrian Crutchfield and yourself, like you mm-hmm. guys like were the, the main three in my opinion. And you you guys would do some interesting skits, some interesting get-ups. Like, how did it all come about, and how was Prince amused by it, or what was going on? Man, he was very amused by it. And I think even when he got annoyed, he was amused by it. Because I remember one time, he called a party at Paisley Park. It was like a 70s party. He's like, all right, we're going to have a 70s party tonight. So we'll see you all, you know, in a few hours. This was like eight o'clock. He let us out. Seventies parties was like at eleven, eleven thirty. In my mind, and in BK's mind, and Adrian's mind, automatically we all think the same. We went directly to like, "Yo, let's go to Party City. Let's all get seventies outfits." We was already on the same page. We didn't even think about it. <laughs> we was on the same page, and we bought seventies outfits, which you've probably seen in some of the videos. Yes, we bought seventies outfits. We showed up at the show or at the party. Nobody was dressed up. Just <laughs> us three. And like Prince looked at us and laughed. It's like, well, what are you doing? It's like, well, man, you said a 70s party, man. And like, you thought you meant like dress up and all that stuff. And he kind of chuckled. It's like, no, but I like your hat. I was like, cool. You want to wear it? He's like, no, nah, I got my own, but thank you anyway. <laughs> you know. And then, like, like, another time we was at the Arsenio Hall show, uh and we got into the wardrobe closet, and, like, we were there all day. We were killing time. So we found these three wigs. Me, BK, and Adrian, what we do best, we improvise. We're like, man, let's put these wigs on. We're walking around, trying on the wardrobe, walking around all around the Arsenio Hall show. We get a, like, call and a text, you know, from Prince's people, and they were saying, hey, you know, Prince wants you to kind of chill out. 
And like, how would you feel if someone walked around your house putting in your clothes and your wigs and stuff? So right. we kind of chilled out for a little bit, but it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. Now, because I remember when you guys first started doing that, he was wanting me. He was first trying through Sirius, which was interesting to me because that's audio only. But later on, he was trying to have me get something through Access. He's like, if you can get them out to Paisley Park, we'll do like new music. We'll do skits. So like he was thinking like these ideas and talking about like skits with Adrian BK and Marcus. So he was you guys kind of got in his head with it. And he's like, oh, we can have them do some stuff. You know, yeah, I mean, like, there was nothing that me, Adrian, and BK couldn't do. Like, mm-hmm. we would get together and we would just create like ideas. Either one person would come up with it and we'd go with it, or we'd all have a collective idea. Right. Yeah. Now, you guys had so many. What's like one of your favorite Prince moments that you can share with us? I know there's probably been a bunch, and we'll get back to it if you think of another one. But like, what's what's one of the ones that you do distinctly remember of, like a funny moment with him? I think any moment and every moment was when he would call my name, <laughs> Marcus. It was just always uh, when um, a song called Dark. Uh huh. Looking out here in the window, you know, like, and then it would get to a point to where he, you know. She left me, Marcus. She left me, and it was just like it was funny, and it, I don't know. It was a random quote. He was like, "I ran out of window, Marcus," and it's like, "I ran out of what? Window? A Windex?" Like he say something crazy like that, and like he ran out of Windex. He was saying it in his name, and it was just like moments like that. Like he's saying my name, and yeah. it's just it was funny to me, but it was like iconic because like Prince knows my name. Right. So you would have to like say, all right, I'm going to focus and stay in the show. But like, yo, Prince, say my name. Like there was never a moment to where like I couldn't get out of like fan mode. Right. Like I enjoyed playing huh. with it. But it's like, yo, man, this is Prince. And he's saying your name. Like right. I don't. Maybe somebody else could, but I, I just couldn't, you know, like, man, I consider it to be an honor and a blessing. Right. And I know you're you know? T- I know what you're talking about. You're talking about that Montreux performance of Dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even at Paisley Park, he would do the same thing, and mm. and uh, think uh, Detroit, mm. uh, Baltimore. When we did a Baltimore show, mm-hmm. uh, the Baltimore show for the Freddie Gray. Yeah, right. Yeah, protest for peace. Um, yep. Now or rally for peace. Excuse me. Um, yeah. Now you gotta tell me. Because we've heard a bun- a lot about it uh, through Adrian. You got to tell me how these dance battles happen and how that one with uh, Josh played out at Montreux or whatnot. But give us a backstory on that. First of all, that was no battle. Okay. I won. It wasn't a battle. Like, they can say it was a battle, you know, but everybody knows I'm the best dancer out of all of us. There's no question. There's no <laughs> if, and, or buts. Adrian, BK, Josh, me. I won. You know, so it was no battle. It was just, it was a fun thing that we did that was like, oh, okay, you know, because I went lightly on it, you know. Mm. Mm. I, I got to get you and Adrian on together, then we got to get some BK. And if Joshua would 
come out from the sunglasses, I'd have him on too um, to get some perspective on this. Because I'm here. Josh would try. Josh would try. You hear me, Josh? You would try to win, but Josh already knows who the better dancer is. All day, every day. Me. All day, every day. Adrian knows. Okay. All day, every day. Me. Okay. Adrian, you hear me? Mm. This message is for Adrian and Josh. Wow. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. We're going to have a dance battle on the Dr. Funk podcast. We got to get some video of that. Have that yeah. out. Now, I know yeah. like for a while you guys were playing his songs and mm-hmm. his stuff and adding horn sections to it. I know, I believe the first song that was released that you guys played on was uh, D Bourgeoisie. You guys were on that one, right? Man, there's a lot of stuff we recorded. I don't even remember everything. Okay. <laughs> but... What we have to talk about, and this is the setup for uh-huh. it, is uh-huh. Revelation. Oh, my gosh. You want to talk about that one? Yeah, we had a question from a JA on that, and they wanted to know about Revelation. So so what What would you want to know about Revelation? How did it come to be? Is it one of your favorite pieces? Because it seems like that's a lot of people's like favorite tracks of the past few years. Revelation is very very high on that list and i know you guys did like a special live recording of it that's kind of floating around as well um so we did a live version of uh of revelation Mm -hmm. and uh we did uh so many different things on revelation it was it was a studio version and we did a live version right and the studio version was great because i remember when i played that solo he was like oh Man, I love that solo. And I was like, oh, it was cool, Prince, but I think I can do better. Huh. So, and and after that, we uh, ended up doing uh, another take. And he said, I really think you should go with the first one. And we did. And so, uh, we ended up keeping that one. You know? And then we ended up doing a live version, too. And the live version was even better because Third Eye Girl ended up playing with us on it. And I was so excited about that version. Right. Yeah. Now, is there any anything that that's in your mind right now of songs that you know that aren't out there and that you played on that you hope one day gets released? Um, I could say yes, but I just don't know the name of those. You know, my like no, none of the songs were given names. Huh? If that makes sense, you know, like a lot of songs he would just give us we'd play no names were given to him <laughs> right until later like oh that's the name of this song and then we'd ask why did he tell us right now what were your favorite songs to play with him um there was a song we played and recorded called if i could get your attention mm-hmm. if i could get your attention da, da, da. Yeah. uh i did a thing on my talk box for him on that that was great. Um, I enjoyed playing Cool. You know, Cool just always had this energy to it. And then the Act of God medley. You know. Act of God, yeah. played that. Yeah, Act of God medley, which yeah, I know, you probably knew about that. Or maybe you didn't. Mm-hmm. But uh, Act of God medley was just amazing. Now, is there any songs that you wanted to play of his or you didn't feel that were played enough that you really enjoyed Yes. Baby, I'm a star. 
Babe, I'm a star. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's slamming. Yeah. Now, do you have an... I mean, we're going to be wrapping it up in a minute, but do you have any other any other interesting Prince stories or something that, that came to be? Because I know he was like trying to push you for your solo career. Is there any advice that you remembered while you were making this album, limited edition, that helped with that? Um, no, nah, just like own your own music, own your own rights for a lot of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. He would always ask me, like, who owns your music? And I say, I do. Right. He say good. And because we already know, like, if you own your stuff, nobody controls you but you. Right. And it, it wasn't even about making money. You know, it was just about having ownership and having freedom. Freedom was a big thing. Uh, freedom in music, freedom to create, freedom to do whatever you wanted to. And he loved the fact that I had freedom uh, in my music and my artistry. Uh, which is why I think he continuously called me out to do shows with him and continuously called me out to record with him on uh, Look at Me, Look at You, you know, Hit and Run Phase 2 on Revelation mm-hmm. uh, to even record a whole jazz album, you know, right. sitting around me like it was great, you know, so. See, I we, we want to see that come out, you know. I would love to. Um, so. One of the songs we did record uh, at Paisley, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if he actually got to record on it, but we recorded uh, one of the songs that I wrote at Paisley, a song uh, called Dandelion. Dandelion. Uh, okay. And I put it on the new album. It's on limited edition. So this is actually one of the songs we recorded that I wrote when I was at Paisley Park. And he loved it. He thought it was a groove and tune. Like, he was like, oh, yeah, I like this. So. Awesome. That's on a new album, limited edition, along with Purple Magic too. So awesome! Now, do you have any advice for young, up and coming musicians or musicians in general, aside from owning your music? Do you have any advice for them? Um, yeah, just write music, write from within, write from your heart, write from uh, mm-hmm. what's meaningful. Don't. Don't feel like anything you write is not worthy enough to gain the respect of peers around. Because as musicians, we always like, oh, I want to impress this guy. I want to impress that person. Right. Don't think about that. Write it for you. Right. You know, if you want to write into the format and write for the genre, write for the genre. It's cool. But, you know, the genre is always going to change. It's always going to be a trend. It's always changing. Right. Uh, so, like, write for you first. And right for everything else next, because if you're feeling it from your heart, people can feel that, too. So that's my advice. Now, do you have any upcoming appearances coming up that we should be aware of? I know that you're about to make a a long trek somewhere, right? What's going on? Yeah, we got to go to Japan. Uh, We're doing a tribute show for him Mm -hmm. in Japan. Now, who is we? Who is we on this? We as the MPG, uh, yeah. the MPG is going over. Yeah. Yeah. Or should I say a, a section of the MPG? You know, the MPG is so large, but right. definitely me, Adrian, and BK will be there, you cool. know, for the MPG horns. So right. anybody that knows about the MPG horns will uh, definitely try to be in the building if they're in Japan. <laughs> exactly. Now, what else do you have coming up? You got, you got shows in April and some other stuff coming up, right? 
Yeah, uh, they're doing some trivia stuff for him uh, at Paisley Park in April. Ah. Uh, I won't be there, mm. uh, nor will Adrian or BK be there. But uh, I'm actually doing a tribute show for Prince uh, that whole weekend. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'm doing shows Friday in Greensboro, Saturday in Atlanta, and then Sunday in Charlotte wow. uh, for him. And I'm playing nothing but Prince music, nothing but Prince. Now, you know, that's going to be awesome. Now, can we get you back in L.A. without a sound person that has issues when you jumped on stage with Adrian at the Mint and then you the next night you jumped on stage with Ida? Can we, can we get you with some good sound without these issues? Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd probably go to a place called, you know, the East Spot, Sheila East Spot or Spagatini's. I don't think that's always around great. No I'm already booked for a place called Catalina, Catalina Jazz Tracks. That's oh. on Catalina Island, which uh, I'm doing a lot of Prince music there. I'm doing my new music, and I'm doing probably like a quarter of his music uh, at the Catalina Jazz Tracks Festival. So, yeah, I mean, you can get me there. I probably will never go to that spot yeah. that even Adrian went to, only because just like the sound is never good. That's you know, yeah, now, the sound is always bad. Now but, it makes well, you... I can go to a spot where I know where we're gonna. We're definitely going to get good music and a good, good sound. Now it makes me realize, like, why every time when he wanted to play a small club in L.A., he always chose the Sayers Club. And that place is crazy tiny. But the sound was amazing. I mean, I remember you guys had to be up in the aisles, (laughs) the horn section for that. But it was was still amazing. And the sound was great. Yeah, it was. It was great. You know, some places you go in L.A., Mm-hmm. You know, are good. Other places, you know, they just have a name, and you wonder how <laughs> and why right. they have a name. It was that place. It's just it's never had good sound to me, you know. But not to bash it, you know. But now we know that unfortunately the anniversary is coming up. In my opinion, what aside from going to your shows and seeing his music being performed, what can people do? their best instead of mourning and be sad what can they do to honor him in your opinion you know all the only thing you can do at this point is either like support an event Mm -hmm. that's actually playing his music right you know or play continue to play his music and tell others about it you know there's nothing else that we really can do at this point he's no longer here to really drive that you know we could probably start like a foundation or something but i would definitely say start supporting more the events that's talking about Prince and what he has going on. Right. That's a good way to do it. I'm glad you're doing your shows and everything else that's going on. Um, Yeah. I love, man, I love everything that, you know, Prince did and what he did for me. I like every time I saw him, I was in awe and amazement. Oh my gosh. Like just, you know, this is Prince, man. It's incredible. Now someone, someone's asking a question. Something about you have your own coffee or something. What's that about? Yeah, I have my own coffee line. Okay. So funny story. Uh, we used to have 12-hour rehearsals, six days a week, Sundays being off. And I drink an energy drink called Amp. Uh-huh. And Amp would always leave me either like shaking or crashing. Wow. And my Shelby, Shelby J, she always said, we should try coffee. So I started drinking coffee and then I started liking it. I was like, oh my gosh, coffee's 
good. I like it a lot. So coffee was a thing. I started trying to figure out how to make coffee and music work together. Right. So I put out an album, you know, called Ant Coffee. I put out a coffee line called Ant Coffee. And uh, yeah, that's that, you know. Cool. <laughs> All right, Marcus. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. While we wrap up, is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to cover aside from everyone should be buying two copies of limited edition? No, just uh, if you can, just support live music. Streaming is okay, but the artists don't get paid much for streaming, like very little to nothing. Uh, Buying and downloading is still the best way to buy and support the artists and music. So I'd say if you want the album, go to my website and buy it because I sign and I send out every copy with a headshot. And I send it out with love. It's loving those. (laughs) Right. But uh yeah. But yeah, always buy and download. Streaming is okay. Yeah. Marcus Anderson, thank you so much for being on our show, man. I can't wait to have you back. Again, can't wait for you to come to LA, but these shows in Greensboro and Atlanta, all this place is going on, man. Everyone support Thanks. it. Make sure to buy limited edition. Marcus yeah. Anderson, everybody. Thank you. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for taking the time. Thank y'all for listening. You got I will it. see you at the next show. You know right. you will. Much love, everyone. Keep it funky. Till next time. Man, sometimes when I'm leaving the show, I feel like somebody's following me. I'm telling you, I thought I saw somebody in my rearview mirror. I think I got a stalker, man. I'm serious. I think I got a stalker. She won't leave me alone. I got a feeling, yeah. Something in my bones. Somebody's watching me while I'm at home. I know she's near me. Hey, I know she's there. Feels like she's on me. Like she's in my head, she's a stalker. She's looking in my window. That girl is crazy, that's why I have to let her go. That girl is pretty, that girl, her hair is long. But she sure messed up when she followed me to my home.
with you. Please, you got to send somebody over here right now, quick, fast, in a hurry. I think she done got in my house. Yeah, I think she made a key. I know it's crazy. She be hiding under my bed. And I think she in the closet under a pile of dirty clothes. Who has under a pile of dirty clothes? This chick crazy. You got to send somebody over here. I can't take it. I don't like living like this. I gotta, I gotta do something, man. I got, I got a girlfriend with a wife on the side. I don't, I don't need. Hello, hello, hello. Oh man, how am I gonna explain this to Adrian and BK? Oh my God, you stupid Marcus. You always dig yourself in these kind of problems.